Welcome to episode 57 of the Relationship Marketing Podcast with Cody B. Today's guest is Lee Chapman. Lee is a successful businessman and entrepreneur. He speaks to universities, schools, church groups, business students, and men and women about the principles of life and business. He has worked for some of Australia's elite jewelers as a trade jeweler before going out on his own. In 2010, he started a gold buying business and in his second year turned over $3.2 million single-handed. His business became the largest Perth Mint distributor in South Australia by volume. It hasn't always been this way. His path has been hard starting in rural South Australia, but through his journey he has been able to inspire the many on being the best they can be. He is currently expanding into running men's camps with the flair to educate and recharge married men wanting success in life and business through survival skills, personality, and mindset training. And now, Cody B. Hey, everybody. This is Cody Bateman. Welcome to another episode of our Relationship Marketing Podcast. Super excited for our show today, for our guests who we have on the show today. And you know me, prior to, to starting my interviews, I always like to do a shout out to all of you who are listening. Uh, thank you for being with us yet again. Uh, we bring some great content with some great guests on this show each and every week and uh, just excited to uh, participate. I'm very excited to learn from all these folks just like you're learning from them. And boy, we've got, a, we got an amazing guy today, Mr. Lee Chapman, for, all the way from Adelaide, Australia. How you doing, my friend? Very good. Thank you, sir. Lee Chapman. So uh, us here over here in, uh, on the other side of the pond, you know, we, we get to be delighted by your accent. I know you think we all have the accent, but, but we over here think you have the accent. And we love it. So we're going to be entertained just by the way you sound today. And uh, you're the relationship guy, relationship coach. I mean, that's kind of your thing, right? You're, like you, you are the relationship coach and, and that's kind of your passion. Um, is that right? Or what? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, well, I'm a jeweler by trade, um, but I basically got to a point where I just saw too many um, people in business, especially married couples in business, um, and I don't know what it was. I mean, Belinda and I, we've worked really hard in our relationship because we knew business is hard, and we've just seen so many people, that, friends of ours in business, build incredible businesses, and then for whatever reason, um, take each other for granted or not know the, each other's love language and then have all the, the whole thing fall apart and then the business crashes and then family crashes and then men, men and women don't want to start another business because they're worried that the same thing is going to happen again and the whole train wreck just seems to happen over and over. And I thought, well, if I don't do something about it, um, who else is going to? So I've literally just, just started doing something about it. Okay, so I'm real, really interested in this and I'm sure all of our listeners are as well. We're going to get to that in a second, but I want to back up just for a second and talk a little bit about, you know, you're, you said you're in the jewelry business um, right. and something about gold. Did you do something with gold trading or something like that? Yeah, I, I started off as a, my, um, basically worked my way up through the jewelry trade. Um, I had my own jewelry business as a manufacturing jeweler um, and then I injured my shoulder so I couldn't do jewelry anymore. And my wife and I came across the opportunity to become a gold buyer and Perth Mint distributor. So during the day, I um, trade in gold. I, I buy uh, physical metal and I also am a Perth Mint distributor. So I sell physical gold bullion to investors. That's what I do during the day. And then I do my relationship training after hours. So in this jewelry business, um, you, 
have 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 you been in partnership with your spouse? Did, did she work with you in the biz, in some of these businesses before? Yeah, yes, yes, correct. So my jewelry business, uh, Belinda did all of the uh, paperwork after hours after a normal job, and then when I started SA Gold Traders, uh, she worked with me for five years, uh, five or six years, and doing here in the office doing the, the back end stuff, and I was doing all the front end front end business. So you, so you and your wife work together and you have a lot of other associates who have spouses that they work with in their business. And um, my, I, I guess my question is, is now you're, you're into counseling and coaching uh, partners, the most significant partner business, husband and wife, uh, significant others who, you know, that's, that's the most intimate, most powerful relationship of all. I always say the most empower, the most important relationship that we all have is with ourselves first, but then of course the next one would certainly be with your significant other, and that's kind of your thing. Your passion is keeping that significant other unit together. Right. I mean, it, it just it just boggles my mind that relationships are the most important thing we do in life, whether it be work, family, whatever, from the time that you're born. Yet we don't teach it at school. And we wonder why we have issues as adults. And, and like you said, you can't work out who your partner is until you work out who you are first. But many people don't even want to go down that road. They, they blame and everyone else's fault, but they don't look at themselves first. I find that if you look at how you tick first, then you can relate to how other people tick. Um, but very few people want to go down that road. So you, so you work with uh, spouses who are in business together. Do you also work with, what, what if there's a spouse, like what if your spouse is not in your business, but the business causes stress on that relationship? Do you work with, with those folks too, or is it primarily? Yes, yes. I mean, look, I, I primarily I work with um, men in business, but like, if you're not in business, but one of, one of, the, um, one of the spouses are, um, it does cause stress um, and the same principles apply. You really need to sit down and have a conversation with your spouse and say, look, this is what I'm doing. Uh, this is what I like to do. We need to be on the same page. It's going to be tough. Uh, we need to set out date nights. We've got to set out times where we can sit down and just be away from the kids and sort out what we're doing, what direction we're going in. So when, when it starts going off track, you can actually pull yourself back. Many, many business couples don't do that. So let's let's jump right in this subject. Let's 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 go. Let's do this. Sure. I'm excited for this. So uh, I'll just start uh, jump right to the chase in the very beginning. What what is what in your mind? What is the what's the number one thing that causes problems between spouses with with business? What, what's the the, 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 the the number one thing that causes issues with with spouses is not knowing what your what the five love languages are. So. If you, it causes so much angst in a relationships before you even get into business. So you might, uh, your husband might be working flat out. Um, you want more, you want your hot button might be quality time and you can't get quality time because in his mind, he's working flat out to support the family and he comes home and he just wants to, he's done. He's just want, I just want time out love, but you want his quality time. Now, if he doesn't know that your hot button is quality time, he's not going to pull that box out of his head and think, oh, well, I've got to spend um, quality time on the couch with my wife three times a week because he doesn't know that he doesn't know what your quality time, he doesn't know what your hot button is. So when you, when you, you have to work out first what your love language is before you can actually 
work out what your wife's is before you can actually sit down and say, okay, how are we gonna make this? How am I gonna fill your hot button? And how are you gonna fill my hot button? Because it's very rare that both of you have the same love language. It's very rare. So this might be an unfair question, but I like asking those every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I always get in trouble with these kinds of questions, but that's okay. So, um, so let's let's talk uh, men and women relationship right now. Husband, yes. wife. Yep. Um, who causes the most problem? Is it men or women? Who 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 brings most to the? <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't think. I don't think there's one sex, the other, that causes most trouble. I think it's what happens is that men have, it, it's like it's like the difference between a Mac and a Samsung, like an Apple and a Samsung. They both can do the same function, but one has a default program that's different to the other one. So, and they're trying to mash them together. You know that Samsungs and Apples don't mesh together. They can do the same functions, but they talk different, they talk different code. So, uh, here's an here's an example, right? If you say to a man, um, "I need you. I would like you to mow the lawn by three o'clock this afternoon," most men will pull out the lawnmower and mow the lawn by three o'clock this afternoon because we are we are task driven. Mm -hmm. Now, a woman, on the other hand, will look out the kitchen window and she will say to her husband, "Gee, the grass is looking long." Now, to a man, that is a statement like the sky is blue or the ocean the ocean is blue or the grass is green. It's a statement. In his mind, he thinks, well, she just said the grass is tall. But a woman, what she wants is she goes, oh, I'm speaking in code because if he can crack the code, it means he loves me. So she, so she and all women do, they say they speak in code. So he goes, oh, that's code for she wants me to mow the lawn. So if he goes out and mows the lawn, she goes, oh, he understands me. I feel, oh, he connects with me. Oh, that's so nice. It's not that's one or, right or wrong, but if you don't know your wife speaking in code, she gets upset because you're not mowing the lawn. Right. right? You know, it's little things like that. But if you expand that out, that's when big problem. If you have problem after problem after problem, if you don't know what operating system your wife's on or your husband is on, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. My wife, she, we've been married 20 years coming up next year and she still speaks in code. So, so I want to talk about that. You have two kids, right? Yep, correct. Uh, Mitchell and Holly. Yes. And uh, how old? 16 and 12? Is that their age? Uh, he's, yeah, he's 15. So he's going on 16 early next year. And, and Holly, she's 12. Yes. Excellent. You've been married to Belinda for 19 years, almost 20. Correct. Correct. And uh, so a lot of your experience is firsthand. Yeah. Right? Well, I, well I, actually, I've known her for 26, but apparently those other six don't count, which I think is a ripoff. But, you know. <laughs> All right. But you definitely have hands-on experience. You talk yeah. about, you know, the, the woman's code and those kinds of things. Yeah. And uh, us husbands can certainly relate with that. Now you do these uh, men's camps, so you really kind of focus on the the men because you're a, you're a man and you've gone through this experience. So you do some training and different things for men to be able to enhance relationship. Is that right? Is that kind of right. what you're now? Yeah, correct. Uh, so when we say um, men's camps, you run men's camps with Flair to educate and recharge married men wanting success in life and business through survival skills, personality mindset training. So explain that to us. So what, 
So, Tell me about this men's camp. So, as men, one of the hardest things is we're conditioned that we that we have to do everything by ourselves. We're conditioned that I, I can do it. We don't like asking for help. I'm talking generally here. You know, there's men outside of that scope, but I'm talking generally that we're, we're sort of conditioned that I can do it. I don't need help. You know, I've got it going on. And and what tends to happen is that's that's to our own disadvantage. So what happens is I decided, well, okay, I've seen all these relationships go pear-shaped. And I thought women, women naturally tend to uh, vent. They naturally are, are more emotional and they're more relationship-based than men are. Men are, men are more like lone wolves and occasionally they, we get together in a pack. You know, they were just different. So I thought, well, okay, since men, we, we really suck at relationships. We don't see the signs. We don't have antenna like women do. What can I do? So I thought, well, how can I get guys to get their guard down? So I've taken out a few of my friends that are in business and I've taken them out to a rural property and I've taught them survival skills through my military training because a, it's good. It's just fun you know, to learn how to make fire without matches and stuff. And we've, while we've got our guard down, I say to the guys, well, if you, now that you know how to make fire without matches and, and, and done a few other cool things like that, what else don't you know? Do you know, do you know what you, while we, we're getting serious around the campfire here, do you know what your love language is? Do you know I had a love language? Oh, that's interesting. Well, what about your personality style? I didn't know I had a personality style. Well, those people that you had at school that um, really upset you, those teachers, they weren't, they weren't idiots. They were probably most likely your direct opposite personality style or that girlfriend that you really fell in love with, but for some reason things didn't work out is because you were probably giving her flowers because that's your love language. You like receiving gifts. So you thought you'd give her gifts, but her love language might've been quality time mm. or it could have been words of affirmation. And when I start explaining this to guys, you go, Oh, right. They start, they start to get it. And from there you can take it on to your, your kids love languages. There's many different things you can do from that. But I, I find you've got to fix yourself first before you can look at your, your spouse and, and the wider community as a whole and your staff. Like if you, if there, you, if you have your staff, you know, you've, you've, you've give the, a bonus to your staff and one of your staff likes physical touch. I mean, you can't touch your staff. That's inappropriate. But if you gave a, a massage voucher to one of your staff who loves physical touch, right? She's going to think you're the most awesome boss in the world. If you give the other staff member the same value of voucher, but for, and, and let's say their love language is quality time. If you give them a $50 movie voucher for her and her spouse, they're just going to think you're the awesome boss in the world. You've, you've given both the same value, but both different different gifts. So there's 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 a couple of best-selling books out on love languages. There's like the yep. five. Lovely, do you base a lot of your stuff on on those books? Correct. Which yeah, one? Correct. You, which one do you most recommend? Um, five love languages, and also men uh, are from uh, Gary, Doctor Gary Chapman. No, no Gary relative Chapman. that I. Oh, yeah, Chapman he's a chap. The yeah. five love languages, which yeah. I know of, yes. Um, and also, uh, men are from uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus is another great book, and I think they've, I think that's on Audible as well, which um, is is great for those of us that don't like reading. So you definitely recommend those two reads. And definitely great segue. And, and you, yeah, and you want to do it as a couple. 
because it's so funny when you do because you see you see things in each other and you see it in other people and once you read it it's just so evident it's it's hilarious so through those books and through your training you kind of learn what your spouse's love language is obviously or you learn how to assess people's love languages because again you mentioned there's all kinds of different relationships I've, i'm an employer and i've got employees that work for me and it's important to understand their love languages as well and how do you quickly assess what someone's love language is? Um, there is there is a program you can actually do through um, the five love languages. They have a, a website you can get onto, um, and you can actually do an assessment to find out what yours is. But typically, you, you can sort of tell straight off the bat is what makes your partner come alive. Like if they really like spending quality time, or they really like walks down the beach, or whatever they're Whatever the thing that they really liked when you first got together, nine times out of ten, that is their that is their primary love language. Now you can have you can have two, you can, can you can have a blend, but usually you have one that is the, the highest. And then when you when you understand what that is, mixed in with their personality style, it just makes it so much easier. It's just it's just crazy. It's almost like it's almost like having a magic wand. You can actually the, the way staff react, the way customers react. You can always put a customer, work out exactly what sort of personality they are as soon as they walk in the door. It's, it's amazing. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually anxious. I've never read the five love languages. I've heard a lot about it. And I'm a voracious reader. I mean, I read everything. So I, I'm kind of surprised I haven't done that. I'd like for my wife and I to probably go through that together. It'd probably be. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a laugh. It really, it's a scream when you read it. It really is. Yeah, it'd probably be great. Now, yeah, so just, just shifting a little bit here. So um, one of the things, and this is just fresh on my mind because, you know, my wife and I have recently had these discussions about, you know, we, we go through life. Um, I run two successful businesses and I'm, I'm very busy with, with the oper operations and the, I'm the chief visionary officer of these businesses. So I go out and do the, the speaking and the training and the face and write the books and those kind of things to, the, to kind of guide it. So I'm very, very busy. I've recently hired people to run my operations on those businesses, send out cards and Sendogo are two primary businesses right now. And so, but I'm still very intimately involved with the whole process and our employees and everything else. My wife, Jody, she's, uh, she's hands off. She's involved with the business. She knows uh, some of our top leaders in our business. She knows some of our top customers. She goes to our events. People love her. They adore her. Um, she's not on the management team at all, but she's, uh, she's really, on, she's on the relationship team. I mean, she, she has a relationship with all the key people and she's amazing at it. So having that shared common theme, we share a lot of things with each other. And, and it's interesting because, it, you know, as you do that, you, th there are times when you need to vent, you know, and I, and I believe it's, I believe that if you vent in the right way, it can be constructive. I mean, you, there has to be a way to release on the pressures and the emotions sometimes you you allow to to build up within you so venting if done properly could be a great way to release on that right what i find with with jody and i is we use each other to vent like i'll vent some frustration with her 
she'll in turn vent some frustration with me about the business and about maybe other people and whatever. Sometimes that's productive and sometimes it gets hard because, you know, a little too much venting and next thing you know, her and I together are kind of in a, in a, in a negative vibrational space where we don't like to be in that. I mean, we try to really focus on staying positive vibrational. And uh, so when you vent, when you use each other as venting partners, sometimes you can pull into that negative vibration. How do you, like, what's your advice on that? How do you, cause she is my best partner for everything, including venting, but at the same time, we get caught in that trap with each other sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Belinda and I, we've been in, we've been in the same space. I, I totally, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, Belinda and I go through the same thing. Um, as as being men, we tend to, if if our wife vents, we tend to straight away want to try and put on our fix it hat because that's the way we're operated, and we we have to learn as men. Like, okay, so I, I say to Belinda, okay, so you don't want me to fix anything, you just want me to listen. And she goes, yes. And I said, okay. So, or she'll ring me up and say, look, we're going to have a, a, a talk this afternoon. I've got a vent. I said, okay. So are you going to give me the, is this going to be the short version or the long version? That, that's the first question you need to ask as a man. You need to say, honey, is this the long version or the short version? Because if she starts rambling, nine times out of 10, after about two minutes, we just switch off like Homer Simpson. So you need to say, is this the long version or the short version? Now, if she says it's going to be the long version, you say, outstanding i'm all for that let's do this after the kids are in bed not when what as soon as i walk through the door from home from work when we're trying to make dinner and get the kids organized and put the kids to bed and answer phone calls for seminars and whatnot we'll do it when everything's finished i'll i'll get the coffee you go get in your pajamas and we'll sit at the kitchen table and let's have at it um as long as you you have those parameters in place because if it starts getting too negative and you go, so, okay, we're, we're just going down a, a, a dark tunnel here. Let's just pull out for a second and be thankful for what we do have and pull yourself back out of that negative place. But you do, you do have to vent. You can't be, you can't be like a Tony Robbins and be in a peak state, you know, 24 seven, the human brain won't allow you to be that way. You do have to, you do have to physically vent that stuff. But as long as you put what we found, as long as you put parameters around that. So, if you start going off too dark, oh, you gotta, you gotta pull it back in a bit. So ground rules are very important. Um, being very conscious about your venting activities, set the ground rules. Uh, and I like what you said, you know, making sure the timing is right. I think a lot of times oh. just when the timing's off, you could throw each other off really fast if the timing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, a, a small issue can just blow up into something massive just because yeah you walk through the door and your wife's just at you about, you know, the check account or whatever. And you're like, man, I've just walked through the door. Like five, come, five minutes. You know, later, you know, five minutes later, I got to start a podcast to do something. Yeah, so <laughs> I've got, I've got to get myself, I've got to get my, my chi going on before I do a podcast. And four minutes later, she was at me about the check account and why we had to move business from the IRS account to somewhere else. And you just, head's not in the right space where we, we've learned to, believe it we've learned to when to do things and when not to do things we still muck we still muck up occasionally you know we're not perfect you know but it, it's something you have to work on so setting ground rules really important um uh, making sure you're very very conscious about what you're doing um you know it's funny because we have a lot of guests on here talking about 
different assessments. The word assessment comes up all the time. There's assessment, you know, you know, you assess the needs to create relationship. You have to assess. My goodness, there's assessments for everything now. You know, I just had a guest on a little while ago assessing um, generational gaps. You know, yes. so now there's there's an assessment for what generation are you talking to, what gender are you talking to, you know, what love language are you talking to. Um, you know, what, what, uh, personality profile are you talking to? <laughs> I mean, there's so many different things. It's like, I said this with my last guest who was the generational coach. It's like, my goodness, you know, I'm, I'm all about assessing people and, and serving them to their needs. We talk about that all the time, but boy, there's so many different things, you know, now you bring another one to the table, the love language assessment. How do you keep track of it all? I mean, how, I think assessment's critical, but boy, there's a lot of things to assess today in this complicated yeah, world. I, I, I only concentrate on two. So I only really concentrate on your, your five love languages and I concentrate on what your, what your personality profile yeah. is. I think and, and because it, it, you, can't, you can't be the key to everybody's door. Right. You, you, you just can't. You know, if, if I've got someone that says, oh, look, I, I really want to know about um, deeper psychology and all this sort of stuff. I said, well, I'm, I'm not the person for you, but I can point you to someone that, that can do deep timeline therapy or, you know, regressive therapy or something like that. I can point you in that right direction. I mean, I can do it. I've done timeline therapy, but it's not what I specialize in. Um, so, and I think if the industry, of, if the industry as a whole did that more often, I think, the whole marketplace would be a lot better for it rather than trying to see these businesses trying to be everything to everybody, which I don't think you can do. Yeah, for sure. I want to, I want to jump back to the whole spouse thing back and forth. One of the things we brought up just finished talking about is, was, is the whole, you know, venting, the venting relationship that you have with your spouse and how to set the right ground rules for that to keep it productive and from getting you down. Another one, and again, I just go to experience, you know, what my wife and I deal with. And I think every spouse uh, relationship deals with, with this to some extent, at least everyone I talk to does, is uh, it's, that, it's that adage that life gets in the way. So it's like the most important relationship is you and your spouse. And you have to work at that relationship. I mean, you, you, you know, you've, you've got to work on that. You've got to know the love language. You've got to give that relationship the priority over everything else. Um, you need to show how much you care at a much deeper level than you care for anybody else. You know, all those things are important, but at the same time, your partners in life and, and you, you might have kids who have problems or grandkids who have problems or finances that have troubles or the house breaks down or the car breaks down or th there's all kinds of life curveballs that you have to co-manage together. Right. And a lot of times that gets in the way. Like next thing you know, the only thing you're talking about are your kids' problems, not your own. Yes. Or, so what's your, like, like what is your counsel on that? How do you, how do you keep that dialed in the right way so that you don't lose yourself there? So, so Belinda and I, we, we book in time that we sit down um, at the end of the week, we work out what's going on the end of the week and we literally sit down and have a planning session on what's going on with the, with us, what's going on with the kids, what's going on with the extended family and, and sit down and actually, it's almost like a mini board meeting 
and work out what's going on for the next week, two weeks or three weeks. And there's, we've had ourselves, we've had to pull back and we say, look, for the next six months, we're going flat out with our business and we're not going to help be able to help people move house. We're not going to be able to help people do their front garden. I mean, I'd love to, and normally I would, but for the next six months, we can't because we have to dial it back to what our needs are at the moment. And it's, there's many, there's a very thick red book. I can't remember the name of it, but it says, you know, look after yourself and your family first before looking after others. And how often in business do we not do that? Especially um, like yourself, you're, you're, a, um, you're an S personality where you like to care for other people. And sometimes that can be the detriment to your own. I'm, I'm an S as well. I like looking after people, make sure everything's fantastic. But sometimes I'm so busy and helping others that I forget about to put on my own oxygen mask on. And I don't know how many planes I've been on that says put on your own oxygen mask first before helping someone else. But we don't tend to do that ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I love how you said that, you know, really be able to assess, you know, short term and even long term. Correct. What your focus needs to be. I love that saying, you know, hey, we're, we're in a six month window where we can't. We just simply have to create these boundaries. And I think a lot of times we don't do that. We live day to day. And so we allow other people's priorities to to get in the way of our own and uh that can that can run away from you very quickly and next thing you know you have spousal challenges with the most important relationship of all and uh, because you allowed other people's needs to get in the way of your own and go ahead i, I think as men um generally we find it easier to switch off from from things like we can come home and because our mind is like a box and we can literally take one box out at a time we got a work box we got a sex box we got a, a box for the garden a box for the kids and we've got all these different boxes and we can literally shut that stuff off women on the other hand their brain is like a ball of wire or a bowl of spaghetti where everything is everything is connected at all at the same time so when they vent or their friend vents to them they actually take they take that energy on and they bring it home. It's it's harder for women to to let go of that energy than it is for men. But and I find my wife brings that stuff home and she starts telling it to me. And I said, Well, hang on, you've well, like I'm all for listening, but now we're starting to almost get into gossip section. Mm -hmm. I know you're venting, but I, I have to say, well, Belinda, I'm, I'm putting my fix-it hat on now and saying, for your own safety and mental well-being, you've got to cut that off and let that go. Like worrying about worrying about Julie's kids and, and her concert, how does that serve you? And nine times out of 10, the answer is it doesn't. So when she realizes that, she lets that go. Mm -hmm. So having those little conversations every now and then, and she'll pull me up on things and say, oh, Lee, you're doing something dopey. And I go, oh, yeah, I can see that because you can't see the, the forest through the trees when you're in it. But when you see it with someone else, with your spouse, and that's one of the reasons we sit down and have weekly meetings and say, well, what's going on? Uh, what's what's happening in your life what's happening in my life what's happening in the next week three weeks and so forth we are listening to lee chapman he is the relationship coach co-author of the book multiple streams of income and co-author of the book infinite power to heal he does uh, men's camps where he teaches these concepts helps men in their most important relationships of, of all in the notes i have on you um I, I like your why there's there there you have a why in here you know why you do what you do and I'm gonna read that 
I don't know if these are your exact words or if it was paraphrased by my. Uh, no, I wrote it. But your why is this simply because if you don't have a rock solid relationship with your partner, business is going to be a real struggle. So that's your why. I mean, that's why you go and do this stuff. That's why you're yeah. the relationship coach because you see a huge issue with people that have a spousal breakdown end up having business breakdown. So it sounds yeah. like you've had personal, I don't know, you've, you've had experience with this. So can you I, Sure. Um, so my wife and I, uh, like I said before, we've been married um, coming up about 20 years next year. And um, I started SA Gold Traders um, in 2010. And business was going fantastic. We we turned over three point two billion dollars in sales in our first in our first two years of business, wow. um, and everything was going fantastically. And then I checked with my accountant and I said, "Look, I don't think there's something wrong here. There's something not quite right here with the, the tax law, and I'd like you to look into it for me." And she looked into it. She goes, "No, no, it's it's fine. Everything's peachy. Just keep doing what you're doing." And I said, "Well, I don't know, but..." You know, I'm paying you the big bucks. You know, you're the accountant. You've been to college. And then we got a, a letter from the IRS. And it said, Dear Mr. Chapman, wadi wadi wa, you owe us $158,000. Wow. Wow. It's yeah. not the word off that first came out of my mouth, but, <laughs> you know. So if, if there's anything as a man that makes your heart sink more is watching your wife burst into tears on the end of the bed. And, and I thought, what we're going to do? Like it, it, it would literally crush most businesses and most relationships. And we, we did an audit with the, um, the tax office and we managed to get the bill down to $126,000. We literally ate beanies and weenies for, you know, the next two years, still managed to put the kids through school and pay that off. And the only reason we made that is because we had our relationship dialed in and we, we made the commitment that no matter what happens, we're gonna get through this and we worked it. And that's where most of our growth happened in that, in that period. So at the time I thought, oh mate, but would I, would I change, if I had my time over again, would I change it? Possibly not, but I wish the bill would have been a little bit smaller. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so you've had some personal experience that, oh, yeah. that that have compelled you to work with other people to keep the most important relationships strong. I'm real big on self-relationship, you know, taking care of self, nourishing that inner prompting, the inner voice that you have yourself. Next important relationship would be the one you focus on, relationship with your significant other, your spouse. Um, if you've got those two relationships in check, then it allows you to really reach out and create genuine relationship with other people, which is what this show is all about. I mean, the, the relationship marketing podcast is all about that creating genuine relationship with others. And let me ask you this. Um, if, if you have the self, if you have the self, uh, relationship in check, and you have the spouse relationship in check. Is it, this may seem like a simple question, but I, I want you to elaborate on this. If you have those two things in check, you have to assume that it would be much easier for you 
to create genuine, and the key word there is genuine, to create genuine relationship with all the other people in your life. Is that a true statement? Yes. And why? Because what, once you understand, once you understand the five language, love languages and you understand the personality styles, you can instantly pick, instantly pick what the other styles are of family members, of um, people you work with, of customers that come in your door, of police officers that pull you over. It, it, it's literally like chucking on a pair, of, a pair of goggles and you're looking around going, oh my goodness. And it just makes everything so much easier. It's, it's, I almost would say it's an unfair advantage. As far as, as far as business and relationship goes, I would say that once I discovered this, it was literally like an unfair advantage. I have people in business, in other businesses, um, and they go, well, how, how do you do that? How do you relate so well to everybody? Like, you just seem to be able to talk to anybody and everybody. Why is that? I said, because I understand what their personality style is and probably I reckon I've got their love language pegged. And when I start, that's when it all started. I started telling other businesses, just not getting paid for it, just explaining to them what that is. And so it's just... You like, let's say you meet somebody at a networking event. Let's say you go to whatever. You go to a networking yep. event for the intent of, of meeting new people for your business. And you start having conversation with somebody and you meet them for the first time, introduce yourself. Is there a way that you could assess what their love language and their personality profile is? Love, language is? love language is a bit harder, but usually if you find out what they do, this is not always accurate, but it's fairly close. If you got someone that is um, uh, someone that's a radio uh, on the radio, or they're um, very intense, very dressed, very loudly, you might think, well, oh, they're very chatty. They're the life of the party. You can pretty much tell that that person is an I personality. They're very intense. They're very, they're very. Oh, let's let's all have fun. You know, let's make sure everyone has fun. I'm the life of the party. Those type of people, right, are my direct close to my direct opposite, they freak me out a little bit. Right? I like to tell them to just slow down a little bit, calm down, you know? But when I'm with them, I'm, I, for a short period of time, I can say, oh, hi, how are you? It's great to meet you again. Oh, I haven't seen you in ages. You can literally start speaking in the same style that they are. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, afterwards, I go, that Lee Chapman, I don't know what it is, but I just like him, you know, he's great. If you meet someone that's like, well, what do you, what do, you do? And they, they might be, all stiffer and say, well, you know, I'm the accountant for the firm and I've been there for 15 years and I know all the numbers and I can say, oh, great. Well, you know, you know I'm great for numbers. You know, how, how much business are you turning over this year? And you start speaking to them in the same language that they they speak in. And afterwards they go, I don't know what is about that Lee chap, but I like, I like the cut of his jib. He's a good bloke. It's just, you, you can start to pick it. And then afterwards you say, well, what do you do? What do you do um, after work? Do you like, what do you do? Do you spend time with family or do you go out, you know, you live in Utah. Do you, do you go windsurfing on the lake or do you go mountain climbing? Oh, look, I really like spending quality time with the family. Damn. You're, so your hot button's quality time. So now you've just pegged that guy as, oh, so you're an accountant type. You like numbers, you like concise numbers, timings and so forth. And you like, and your hot button is quality time. So he, if he is your accountant, you're going to give him um, an end of the year bonus for um, a four day weekend for him and his family in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Powerful. Boom. Done. 
it's interesting. We're actually working on some technologies for the future in our businesses where uh, we, we use, we're building some apps that actually help you with that. It key for us is we want to get to know somebody, uh, have great notes in a system on the person that you meet. So you know what their, you know what these things are, you know what their personality type is, maybe even their love language. Uh, you, you know the, what their interests are, their hobbies, you know, those kinds of things. And then it has some natural triggers that trigger you at the right times to be able to react or to be able to reach out to that person with the very things that would be of interest to them. And uh, it's really exciting stuff. You know, we're working on that. And I think these tools are going to be important in the future because what we've learned is, you know, today relationships are more important than in any other time in our history. You know, it used to be that you could go give a, a fancy sales pitch to somebody and you could close a deal. Those days are over now because, you know, people Google everything and they know everything and they know what even your customers are saying about you before you even talk to the person doing the business. And so relationships become more important. And we believe that it's going to get even more that way. So we're trying to create tools to help you, you know, you, you're, you're already down the road because you're talking about, you focus on two things. One is personality profile. The other one is love languages. And you've honed in on those two things. You're really good at assessing those things in the people that you have relationship with. As a result, you're on the top tier of genuine relation. You're, you're a genuine relationship guy. You're on the top tier because you've honed in on two skill sets. Yep. We're building technologies to help those skill sets and it, it's going to be, and, wh and wh why is, I mean, we, we all know it's important today more than it was 10 years ago, but why is it going to be even more important 10 years down the road? I think because as, as technology progresses, there's going to always be that disconnect, right? Because we're sitting behind a screen or a tablet or an iPhone. And I honestly think that the way that humans are wired, we're still going to have that connection where you're going to have to sit down and have, there's always going to be that connection to sit down in front of someone and have a coffee. There's always going to be that need to sit down because we're a herd animal, we're a herd pack. And that's, I don't think that's ever going to go away. And I think we're going to, I think what's going to happen in the future, we're going to go right down a track and then all of a sudden people are going to go, Oh, this is terrible. And it's going to pull back a bit. I don't, I don't know about the millennials. I think the, the younger crowd, um, I think they're going to get caught up in it, but I still think they're going to have issues that need to be addressed about relationships. I think the younger crowd are going to suffer from it, I think. Um, but I, I think it was as a, as, a, as a race, I think as a human need, we're still going to need that connection and, and personal connection that we've always had. I don't think that's ever going to go away. It's just going to be... Get People more. are going to realize oh, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to go and meet someone. You can't you can't just live in a box. Yeah, and I think part of the reason it gets more and more important is more and more people are going to be able to to leverage and tap into these skill sets. The skill sets that you're teaching, more and more people are going to uh, be exposed to this kind of training, and everybody's going to have to step up their relationship game because your competition is going to be stepping up theirs. Right. And uh, it's just important that you, that, that you do that. But, you know, we don't, we don't teach these principles so that you can be the best businessman or woman in the world. We don't teach these principles so you close the most sales. We teach these principles because it's the right thing to do. 
you know, we teach these principles because, because of the relationship itself. You know, the title of this podcast is Relationship Marketing. Our focus is the first word, not the second. And if you, if you focus on the first word relationship, then the marketing side takes care of itself. And a lot of people have that backwards because when people first tune in to Relationship Marketing Podcast, they're thinking, oh, cool, this is a new marketing thing. So they're thinking, they come into this show thinking the second word, not the first, relationship marketing. Oh, wow, I got a new way that I can take my product somewhere. So they come in to learn about what is this relationship marketing, and, they, and you learn that relationship marketing is about relationships. It's about yeah. genuine relationships. Yeah. Correct. If you, if you look at um, five or ten years ago, you could literally make a sale from the first, from the first get-go that you met someone. Right. Now, with technology and the way things are going and the way we are right now, um, Gary Vandercheck was saying, or Chuck, so he was saying that it takes up to 15 times exposure before people make a sale yeah. because people check you out. They look on YouTube, they look on Facebook, they look on Instagram, they look on everything to find out what you do before they make that sale. Um, and different cultures um, rely on relationships. Uh, having a, I mean, I, I could, because I'm an Australian, and we're very similar. I could go to America and I could stitch up a couple of business deals in a week because we're very, we're very similar orientated as far as business goes. Now, if I, if I went to Singapore or, or China or Taiwan, they're very relationship based. You know, if you go to Japan, you're going to have to go there for six months to talk to a business before they get to know you before they do a business because they're relationship based. So you've got to be conscious of that too. Just because you you might be great at sales um, in one area, you might really struggle in another simply because of the relationship or cultural issues. And that's another thing we that has to get addressed as well, especially now that we're a, a, an internet-based economy now where you can Skype and do business here, there, and everywhere, that the businessman or woman that is attuned to that is going to do a lot, I believe is going to do a lot better than those that are not. Yeah. Well, there you have it, my friends, Lee Chapman. He is the relationship coach. And thank you so much for being with us on our show today, Lee. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I understand it's really hot there right now. It's winter time here. We're, we're, I'm based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. You're based out of Adelaide, Australia. And you were telling me pre-show, it's pretty hot there right now. How hot is well, it? We're gonna have the next, the next three to four days in the northern part of the state, it's gonna be about 47 to 49 degrees centigrade, which is about 119 to 120 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. That's, that's hot, really my friends. Hot. Yes, that's hot. <laughs> so if anyone wants to swap, I'm all for that. <laughs> if if yeah. you want me to sit, sit in the snow, well, I'm there. Yeah, a week from now, I will be at my cabin in Island Park, Idaho, and it will be on average about zero degrees Fahrenheit. So that's that's where I'll be in the next couple of weeks. So listen, oh. uh, thanks again for being with us on the show. There you have it, everybody. Lee Chapman, appreciate uh, you being with us today. And uh, thank all of you for tuning in. Stay tuned for yet another episode. We're going to keep them coming. You keep on listening. We'll keep on bringing the content. Take care, everybody. We'll see you now. If you have enjoyed this episode of the Relationship Marketing Podcast with Cody B, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review so that together we can get this message, The Power of Human Connection, out to the world. You can find Cody's new book, The Power of Human Connection, on Amazon or the Send Out Cards gift store.